This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your words still matter. I think that they do. And I think that there's a company in South Carolina, Blackboard Incorporated, that knows these things matter because they had one word that got wrongly phrased in an SEC disclosure that has now resulted in a $3 million penalty against the company. In this episode of Compliance into the Weeds, Tom Fox and Matt Kelly take a deep dive into the Broadbod SEC enforcement action for the company's failures around cyber breach disclosures. It's in coming in increasing enforcement focus of the SEC and something that you need to be aware of, as well as your disclosure controls. It's a hot topic that we're able to dissect for you. The award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. First, quick message from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox backing in with Matt Kelly for another episode of the award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds. Welcome back, Matt. Hello, Tom. Uh, Matt, as two putative wordsmiths, I'm almost afraid to ask the following question. Do words still matter? Uh, I think that they do. And I think that uh, there's a company in South Carolina, Blackboard Incorporated, that knows these things matter because they had one word that got wrongly phrased in an SEC disclosure that has now resulted in a $3 million penalty against the company. And uh, this is a action over cybersecurity disclosures. And this is the third cybersecurity enforcement action we've seen from the SEC, at least the third, in 18 months, with penalties going up and up and up. And uh, we have more cybersecurity cybersecurity disclosure rules coming soon from the SEC. So there's a lot going on in this field, and Blackbaud is a great case in point. So is this a situation of Monty Python where you can't say the word or you have to say the word? Well, it kind of depends. There's a lawyerly answer. Um, what happened here was this was an enforcement action that came down from the SEC, I think at the beginning of March or mid-March, uh, where Blackbaud, that's a company in South Carolina, tech company, they offer technology services to help foundations, charities, public school systems, hospital systems and whatnot, um, nonprofit world generally, to help those groups manage their donors, so think about the sort of sensitive personal information that uh, Blackboard is now likely to encounter if it's handling a lot of personal information about donors, their donations, uh, social security numbers, addresses, financial data, whatnot. They handle all of this on behalf of their clients. They're a publicly traded company. Um, and so what had happened was that in May of 2020, Blackboard suffered a ransomware attack. Unfortunate, but not really news. 
Um, the IT personnel at Blackbaud found that uh, the attackers, I still am not clear on if we ever got to the bottom of who the attackers were, but they had infiltrated Blackbaud's systems. They had claimed to have stolen data about Blackbaud's customers, and they were demanding, demanding a ransomware pay payment. Now, the, the exact timing here for the next couple of months is pretty important. So they discovered the attack in May of 2020. Investigation ensues. By July of 2020, the company had concluded that the attacker had stolen 1 million files, but the company disclosed publicly that the breach um, did not result in the criminals getting access to bank account information or social security numbers or any of the really important stuff. Now, that was early July 2020. Uh, where it all starts to go sideways is that the IT team at Blackboard continued to investigate. And by the end of July, late July, they turned out that, oops, well, actually, the hackers did infiltrate and access customers' social security numbers and banking information and whatnot. So the IT team knew that, but the IT team had not passed this along to the compliance and SEC reporting team at Blackboard. So that was all in late July. And then along comes the company's 10Q disclosure that it filed in early August of 2020, where they said, and I will read out a quote, and now we get to the word, and how everything went sideways, a compromise of our data security that results in customer or donor personal or payment card data being obtained by unauthorized persons could, and that's the word, could adversely affect our reputation with our customers and others. And blah, 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 we go on from there. Except it's not that the attack could affect uh, the SEC was saying, no, that's framing everything as a hypothetical. Actually, your company already knew you had suffered that attack. But because the IT team had not communicated sufficient and correct information to the external disclosure team, they framed this uh, cybersecurity attack as a hypothetical thing. But in fact, it was an actual thing that is a misleading disclosure to investors. And now, so here we are with a $3 million enforcement action against BlackBond. And as I said, Tom, this is the third such enforcement action, at least the third we have seen in the last 18 months or so, where the SEC has faulted a company for improper disclosure of a cybersecurity incident, mostly because the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing and didn't get that information conveyed to the right people to put it into the 10Q, so the 10Q was misleading. And the fines have increased progressively. So clearly, this is something that is a burr under the saddle at the SEC Enforcement Division. And uh, there's a, a few policy and procedure items we should unpack, unpack here. But like this is a thing. It's on the SEC's mind. Compliance and IT security teams really need to know about it. So any chance this was just a lawyer being hyper-lawyerly saying we cannot affirmatively state with 110% certainty that this would negatively impact this? You really think this was just a failure to, for like you said, left hand, right hand? Well, we don't know, to be fair. It's not entirely clear from the SEC settlement order, although 
I read word for word what was there from the settlement order around the word could. And Tom, you just qualified it a whole lot more than anything that I saw in that settlement order. So I don't know, but is it possible that a lawyer somewhere in a company there or in prior SEC enforcement actions is trying to cover the company's rear end? I suppose that's possible. I can think of at least three million reasons why that was a bad idea in hindsight, and maybe they should have been more forthcoming. Um, but, you know, I will read along also what the SEC said was the internal procedure flaw here at Blackbond. Um, so let's go back and review. So it was late July 2020. The IT security team knows, oh boy, we had said there wasn't going to be any personal data exposed. Now that we know that there is personal data exposed. Um, and then this, again, directly from the SEC settlement order. The personnel with this information about the broader scope of the impacted data did not communicate this to BlackBaud's senior management responsible for disclosures, and the company did not have policies or procedures in place designed to ensure that they do. That, to me, seems to indicate that, no, there was actually an internal communication breakdown. To be honest, I hope that was the case, because if there was an internal discussion about this and then the legal team decided to you know, kind of fudge the true nature of the breach, I don't think that makes things any better for the company. It doesn't help their reputation any. It makes it look even worse. And I could certainly see that the SEC would be even more annoyed about this. Um, they have been very clear in various speeches in various policy proposals, we can get back to that in a minute or two, listeners, um, that the SEC wants companies to be more precise and forthcoming about cybersecurity incidents. What has actually happened? What data has been uh, harmed or breached somehow? What are the likely causes of this? How far along are we in trying to fix it? The SEC is not asking companies to disclose a whole big roadmap of their IT security systems that others might be able to use to then do a repeat offense, but they're basically saying you can't couch this in boilerplate hypothetical. If you've suffered a breach, you have to say, we suffered a breach. And if some parts of the company know we suffered a big breach, but the people in charge of the 10Q and communicating to investors don't know that we suffered a big breach, that's a failure of disclosure controls and procedures. And uh, technically, that would be a violation of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, Section 302. Uh, but more practically, like this is something investors want to know about. Uh, the SEC wants more discussion here. It certainly is a reputation harm that if people find out, wait, so half you knew that it was a big deal, but the other half of you didn't know and didn't tell investors, like, you just look like you don't know what's going on in your own house. And I don't think that does a company any favors. So let's move to your discussion around disclosure controls, because it seems to me to be a logical response. But the more I thought about it, why do you need a disclosure control for any incident where you have someone in charge of the investigation and that person either works with, is, or works for whoever has to disclose it. Isn't that the way an, an investigative team should be run? Well, the word should is doing a lot of work in your sentence there, Tom. And um, I think that is the way it should work, is that the people doing the investigation uh, are working very closely with those in charge of external reporting, 
to say this should go into the 10Q, this should not go into the 10Q. You can say this, or you know, we do know or don't know this. I can fully appreciate that if there is a um, extensive, delicate investigation in process, you don't want to disclose the whole thing. But we're not talking about anything delicate here with this particular breach. Like this is a fact. The company knew that its personal data had been accessed. The company had originally said none was accessed and violated. Subsequently came to light that, yes, actually, a lot of the customer data was violated. But the IT team, uh, from the SEC order at least, it makes it look like the IT team didn't know they were supposed to give these timely updates. Um, That is a failure of internal controls and processes to keep the people who communicate with investors fully informed about what are we supposed to communicate to the investors. Um, This would never stand if we were talking about financial data. Uh, You know, everybody would flip out if that were the case. Oh, well, actually, you know, we missed the revenue target, but we forgot to tell the CFO. People would be fired. You know, there would be heads stuck on the pikes in uh, front of the office lobby or something like that. The SEC enforcement division and the audit firms would be raising hell on financial data. Now, this is non-financial, but clearly it still is a material thing. It's going to cost a lot of money. It says a lot about uh, the company's cybersecurity preparedness. Um, So I don't think the SEC is unreasonable to say you need clear processes here. And they have been saying it now for the better part of several years And they have been following through with enforcement actions on this specific point. This is not the first company that has disclosed a breach in hypothetical terms when people within the company knew this was not a hypothetical. We were actually living this. We've already had the breach happen. And yet we're telling people in the 10Q it could be really bad if this is true. They knew it was true. And they didn't say it was true. That's that. What's what's the trajectory of fines uh, in this arena, you mentioned this one was three million, and it's one of a increasing amount. What were the prior two? So I, off the top of my head, can count at least three in the last eighteen months. Uh, the first was against a title insurance company that uh, had the their fine was four hundred and eighty thousand dollars. The second came last year against Pearson, the education publishing company where they also had uh, known, at least some elements of the company knew, that they had a fairly significant breach on their hands, and that was not disclosed in the 10Q. Their fine was a million dollars, and now we have three million dollars. I am not sure what the balance is here of the severity of the offense meriting larger uh, penalties versus the SEC just getting exasperated that companies are making the same problem over and over again. So they're seeking to maybe send a message with larger monetary penalties. I'm not quite clear on how much those two ingredients balance out in this equation, but the clear fact is we have gone from uh, penalties in the several hundred thousand dollars to several million dollars, and we have more disclosure rules forthcoming that the SEC has already proposed, where it will want companies to disclose material cybersecurity events within four days of deciding that this material event, that this event is material. Uh, And then there's a rough criteria of what you are supposed to be able to disclose. Um, I've seen some companies disclose some really good, thoughtful detail about a cybersecurity breach. They've generally disclosed it in the 10Q. The next one comes along. 
Um, this is going to change it that you have four days from when you decide this is material to file an 8K and you have to have all of this in. So you're going to be disclosing more material more quickly, um, which really means these internal policies and procedures to communicate about the severity of a data breach, that's going to become more important to get right. Let me flip the disclosure up requirement to an inquiry down requirement. The Delaware Court of Chancery has created a duty of senior, senior executives of oversight. Could the responsibility here be placed on the chief compliance officer, the chief legal officer, the chief of the investigative team to actually ask the question to the IT functionaries who are doing the investigation? Was there ad any additional information you haven't told us or asked for regular updates? You're not, that's a fair question to ask. I'm just, I'm not sure how much hair splitting that is or isn't um, because the chief legal officer or the corporate secretary in particular say they would already have a legal duty to ask everyone, is there anything else we should be putting in the 10Q that we are about to press send and file it to the SEC? Um, and then what are the procedures there? But that would be true if it, we were talking about, you know, a sexual harassment complaint against the senior executive, a cybersecurity breach, um, you know, some sort of operational risk failure or something like that. It is incumbent upon those people who sign the 10Q and the 10K, so that's the CEO, the CFO, I would presume probably the corporate secretary as well, that it is incumbent on them to be going around asking everybody, are we sure that everything we're about to include in the 10K is complete and accurate and we have captured everything we're supposed to? Anything else since the last meeting we had two weeks ago or whatever their disclosure committee meant? Um, now, does that mean we need to get really nitty gritty specific and start, did you ask about this? Did we have any of this kind of incident or this or this incident? I don't know. Um, I think the SEC would just come back and say, is this a material issue or not? If it's a material thing, then you, the person signing the 10Q or the 10K, you have to go back and make sure that we have captured all relevant information about it. If that means you have to go to the CISO and ask if there's anything new about a data breach, then that's your business. But just make sure it's fine in the 10Q. Um, I think that would be the SEC's position here is that they don't want to get into the nitty gritty at a theoretical level. They're just going to say, is it a material item for the reasonable investor? Then you should be on top of it. Um, at this particular point, they've seemed to have found a string of companies that are missing that idea when applied to cybersecurity. And so now they're cracking some heads. Uh, seems like a good place for us to end on, Matt. Interested to see what next week brings us. All right, Tom. Thank you. This is Tom Fox again. I'm pleased to announce that Compliance Into the Weeds won a 2022 Communicators Award in two categories for the best co-host and for best business podcast. So thanks to all of our listeners who supported us for the Communicator Awards. I hope you will join Matt and I again next week where we take another deep dive into the compliance weeds. Finally, if you've thought about starting your own podcast, please contact me. I'd love to help you either uh, help you produce your podcast or put you on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox. The award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.